and welcome to Woman of Letters, Freedom Church's first book club podcast. The podcast where we will be going through books by women for women. My name is Brina, and I will be your host on this pursuit of wisdom and true identity. Being women of letters, we uphold a standard of growth and love. We strive for knowledge, and we do not give up when things get hard. So go, grab your coffee, a notebook, maybe something to write with, and let's get started. So chapter one, an identity without rival. Have you ever had a rival? I don't mean a bit of friendly competition in sports, nor am I referring to toddlers who compete for the attention and affection of their parents. I'm thinking in terms of a more consistent detractor. A rival certainly does not feel like a friend or like family. When rivalry comes to play, its goal is not so much to win the game as it is to remove you from the field. But what if you discovered that the life you have always wanted was outside the realm of competition? What if you learned that you did not have to lose or opt out of the game? What if you discovered you couldn't lose? What if you could not only think outside of the box, but also continue to live outside of it? The first thing I wanted to look at was the definition of rival, just to kind of set the stage of what we're talking about. It's a person or thing competing with another for the same objective or for superiority in the same field of activity. And something she says in the first chapter that I wrote down ahead of time because um, I thought it was so good was on page 15. She says, rather than compete for what was never meant for you, you would always have the energy to discover what is yours. Wow. I love that (laughs) because I spend so much of my energy trying to to be like someone else or trying to, you know, wear the same clothes as this person because this person is, you know, looks good in it. So I want to look good. And I spend all of my energy trying to compare myself and basically live a life that was never even meant for me to live. But if I spent that energy discovering what is my life, I'm pretty sure I would be happier. (laughs) Before we continue with uh talking about the book itself i wanted to um basically assure everyone of the expectation in this book club like the expectation as a woman of letters basically i've always been scared of being myself or just being honest about what i'm really thinking and feeling i don't want anyone to be afraid that people will talk bad about you while we have our discussion i do love you and i want to make sure that we take care of each other So, to start off this book club meeting, I would like to read uh, the Bible. It's Colossians chapter 3. And I actually want to read the entire chapter um, because I believe that it is very fitting to set the foundation of church in general. But I think just as women, this is something that uh, we can take a hold of and be able to remind ourselves as we get to know each other, as we build relationships. So Colossians chapter 3, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 2, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. And then verse 5, 
So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be his holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Verse 16, let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. The whole point of everything that Paul was saying was just how to love people. And it wasn't a a whole to-do list. And it wasn't a whole, oh, thou shalt not do this. He was literally just guiding us into really how to treat people at church. But I declare over you today, this is the start of something beautiful in you. And I speak hope over you. I command hopelessness to leave your heart and your mind I pray that right now, the Holy Spirit will lace hope and victory throughout your thoughts and teach you how to love effortlessly. You will change so many lives of women around the world with this love that you have. Father, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us. Give us a revelation of who you are so that we would be able to believe and receive the gift of a clear understanding of who we are as your daughters. In Jesus' name, I pray this for every woman of letters. Amen. So now we're going to get into the first discussion question. Why is knowing who you are more important than where you are going? Um, What I wrote is uh, knowing who I am will help me go on the right path and do what God made me to be. I believe that knowing who I am first will help me have a clear mind to see where he's guiding me because I could think because what I want, let's say I want to be a worshiper, but I have no voice, Mm. you know, but that's what I want. And then I'll go the wrong way, but knowing and admitting that that's not the gift that God gave me, but maybe is to go out and help the homeless or, or make a group of women to help them that knowing that and accepting it, that then will guide me and let me see what the path that he has for me. Wow, that's good. I couldn't have even said that better myself. 
when I read that, it, it a lot like what what you just said, but more also in the fact that if once you know who you are, it you you then have the strength to do some of the things that God might be calling you to do, or wherever He's He's having you go. But also, I, th- I think it keeps you from stumbling. So if you really know who you are, then you know also what, what are your stumbling blocks as you're trying to go there. And, um, yeah. you know, because there's tons of distractions all around you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I think it just ties all in there is we have to know who we are Yeah. first. Or who knows what in the world could happen. She mentions in this chapter... Um, the John chapter three, verse one, it says, what marvelous love the father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. And she says on page 17, the same page where it's mentioned that scripture, it says, God saw us in our wretched caged state cowering in the corner of some religious humane society and paid the price to save us. Like God loves us so much. It's hard sometimes to understand, but I think her point was that, that he loves us uniquely and not the same. Equal implies that my love can be measured. And I assure you it cannot. This is what God had told her while she was praying same would mean my children are replaceable or interchangeable and they're not my heart is not divided into two compartments no one could take the place of or displace another in my heart for you see i don't love my children equally i love them uniquely and that actually leads us to our next discussion question it says why is unique better than the same that was profound to me. I tell you what, I reread that and reread that and reread yes. that. As old as I am and as, you know, having children and now having a grandson, it was just profound to me to have that realization that that God loves us like that. And it's so true. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I can't get over that. I actually stopped at that point um, after rereading it a few times before I could go on. Because, I mean, how wonderful is that, that to, to think about the fact that, that he loves us differently, he loves us uniquely, um, it, it, it still blows my mind. I read it the other night, we were doing a little Bible study here with, um, with my daughter and son-in-law and my, my son, and I read it again because I'm like, I couldn't come up with a better thing to share. Um, but I think also in, in that, um, knowing that he loves us uniquely, um, it, it helps me to stop thinking about the comparison that I make with people. Cause I do, I, mm-hmm. I, we have another church that, that, um, that we attend. And I know for years I've compared myself <laughs> with other women or other people in that church. Um, sorry, other people in the church thinking, well, their anointing is, you know, I, I don't, I don't really have a gift. I don't have an anointing. And what that helped me to see was I do have a gift and I do have an anointing that he gives me when it's the right time. And I don't need to compare myself. He loves me. Becky. I'm not Kim. I'm not Linda. I'm Becky. So I love that. I found something interesting in the, in the text, as far as 
the definition of unique. Yeah. It says that we are unique in that there is no prototype or only one. So we have our own unique DNA. Our, fa- our Father God stands alone without a rival, so we shouldn't be surprised that in his eyes we are daughters without rival, which eliminates every reason that we should ever compete with one another. Yeah. You are the only example of you. Awesome. Ugh. I think we live in a world where this is the latest trend, mm-hmm. so we all have to fit into that trend, to that mold. Right. And, you know, we'll... There's only one of us, so unique is definitely better. I think literally in the same passage that you're talking about, she says, and I wrote it down because it was so good. She said, you are the beginning and ending of you. I was like, it, the fact that like it takes someone telling us how important we are just the way that we are, that it's kind of makes me sad that I didn't get it before, you know, like I, I didn't know this before because I, I think my life would have been a lot happier and easier if I would have known that I didn't have to be like anybody else. But I think that that's, that's just what society does. It's just what America is, is trying to be like this role model or this person or this celebrity. It's hard growing up and learning and, and trying to be your own person in a, country or even just a world that is constantly trying to uh be like what we see in magazines and tv shows and movies and Um, just as we are unique i'm sorry not to cut you off and just as we are as as unique he loves us each uniquely i thought that was interesting have you ever felt loved by someone in a unique way and how did you feel that like like what made you feel like you were uniquely loved by somebody I think for me, it was, um, I used to be in a Pentecostal church yeah. and I saw these women, um, with all this anointing and, and all these gifts. And this is me, my opinion of what I was seeing. And at the moment I'm not thinking, I'm like, I don't know what they go through. I don't know what they are doing to be where they at, but I was like, I want to be there. I want to do that. And God did tell me at once, what if I don't want you to be like them? Wow. And that's when it helped me see that I just have to wait for him. Not because I'm serving God today. Today, he's going to tell me you're going to be this. So then Mm. when I read this thing of he loves, he loves us uniquely. It's like, okay, this is what you're saying. Like, no matter what happens, you're going to love me for who I am. And there's no one else like me. So he did bring people into my life that started pointing out these little things about me that nobody else, not even my mom or my sister, who were people that grew, that were with me when I was growing up, that said it. They were like, I see this in you or yeah. you are this type of person. So I'm, I'm like, God, you love me this way. By yeah. I cannot, I look at myself in the mirror and I cannot see, but then you are putting these people to tell me I see this like okay God this is what you see but you're using them to tell me yeah so that's how I feel that God has shown me that he loves me uniquely like differently yeah we love people differently I don't just I don't write the same letter that I wrote for everybody I didn't write it and then copy and pasted it and then just gave it to everybody 
because everybody has a different story and everybody has a different life and also the holy spirit has different things to say to different people and um i was reminded of the the verse that says don't parents get their children good gifts if you know even the fathers of just humans do this then how much more will your father love you and you know that's even quoted in the song gyra by maverick city it's like uh he he uh what does it say he watches over the sparrow how much more will he love you he clothes the lilies how much more will he clothe you and um I think that God really wanted to make it a point to me, but also to us to understand that we love each other uniquely. We don't just give the same love. And and people who do don't pay attention. They don't pay enough attention and we don't feel loved by them because it's never unique. It's okay, you're treating me exactly the same as everybody else. If Cameron treated me exactly the same as he treated all the other girls, I would be so upset. I would have never married him. I would have never dated him. It was because he loved me uniquely. Hey, I'm so sorry I came in late. I was <laughs> That's okay. Here trying to wedding prep and do all the final things and I just I'm like look like oh my god. So I just went <laughs> No, that's okay. It's actually over now. That was the last question. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're so bad. I'm kidding. Oh my no, goodness. Uh, reminds me of, um, like, with my teaching background, um, there was always, because us teachers sometimes get a little frustrated when we have to give the same exact test to all the kids in our classroom, knowing that each of them learn in a different way or are able to prove to you that they know know the fact in different ways. Just as, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the picture of um of different animals and they're like uh, i think it's like um all these animals go ahead and climb the tree that said you will pass the test and you literally have a goldfish in a in a tank and you know you have an elephant and you have you know just mm. different animals that you know for sure the fish is not going to be able to climb that tree so we cannot give the test and i kind of relate god's love just like that mm -hmm. he, he might give love in the way we actually need it and the yeah. only way that we are going to be able to feel that love because maybe the way uh you know he loves somebody else we might see that as like that's not love it took me reading this first chapter to realize that oh my gosh god's got that unique love for us we have to have that unique love for other people mm -hmm. and and I have to say, okay, I might not like this thing about Brooke or this thing about Brina, but she has this strength. Brina has got this strength and Brooke has this strength and Bretty's got this weakness. And, you know, and, but I do, I still love them all, you know, so, so much. It just kind of almost convicted me to, to <laughs> think of God's love for me and how I'm supposed to be that example. And I fall very short when I'm expecting people <laughs> yeah, to do it my way right and if not i don't like them i don't want them mm -hmm. i think it's crazy that we're reading a book to kind of find who we are and the whole time we're trying we're, we're finding ways to like appreciate other people like it's not just an internal thing that's happening this is like pushing outwards into understanding uh other people um but something that she says as we move on she said comparison is cheating us 
and the earth of who we truly are. What? And that's why, and that's something that is very important to me is that, and I think I've told one or at least a couple of you um, that you are the only one that God can and will use on your path, on your life. You're the only one who can talk to Mary or to uh, this other person or, you know, to your cousin. You're the only one who can do that because you're the only one who's lived the life that you lived with the brain that you have, with the heart that you have, with the emotions that you have. Each one of us, and it goes along with what she's saying, each one of us is unique and God appreciates that he chooses that and he says okay because you are Jomira, because you are wanda i'm going to put you here so that you can help these people see who i am and it's only because of you i just told someone this i think it was today or yesterday i was talking to my dad i think i don't really remember but um he can use someone else he can use another person, but it will never be as effective as if it were you doing it because he chose you first and foremost. And I love that, that you are cheating the world. What is it? Comparison is cheating us and the earth of who we truly are. And she even uh, reads in Romans chapter 12, verses 5 through 6. This is also in the message version because that's what she uses. She says on page 22, So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be, without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. And I, that speaks so much to me because I've lived my life trying to be what everyone else would like and I never once liked myself. I sang because people liked my voice. I went to parties because people wanted me there, but not because I wanted to be there. And I was just talking to my dad with this, uh, talking to my dad about this earlier today. That all my teenage years, I tried so hard to fit in. And obviously, I am a lot younger, so my teenage years, I remember them very vividly. Um, and I tried so hard to be like them and to, to, I worked hard to be at the right parties. I worked hard to be at the right, you know, job. Oh, I want to work these shifts at my job because that's where all my friends are. And it was so exhausting and I lost sight of who I was and what I actually liked to do. And I realized even just this last couple weeks that I really like to hike. I really like, um, like nature and stuff and seeing waterfalls and I completely forgot that about me and I thought that I loved going to malls and shopping centers in the city and really I like to go like on the beach on sunrise and I like to go hiking and seeing waterfalls and I realized this just within the last few weeks that I've been living the last 10 years doing things that I don't like because I just want other people to like me. <laughs> no, that's where it comes to like us comparing with each other um and that's something that kills me i do that i tend to do that a lot especially as a mother like oh man she's so perfect as a mother and does this and then i do it like this am i doing it wrong and yeah. like you were saying you know like to please people we do it but that's not really who we are and that's where 
like unhappiness starts happening and yeah. you know god chose you he made you uniquely for for a reason and yeah a lot of times when we compare we we end up failing and i fi- i found the picture let me see if i can yeah and if you could see it so that's the tree and literally the men sitting down is saying for a fair selection on everybody for a fair selection, everybody has to take the same exam. Please climb that tree. And literally, you have the monkey obviously smiling because he know he got this. <laughs> you know, we have poor penguin and poor elephant, you know, poor goldfish, seal and like the oh, dog. Wow. But, you know, literally, I feel like life, life is like tends to be like that we compare to each other like man i wish i could be as successful as that monkey you know he got this you know on the tree um but but what about if the test was you know what the test is actually you have to stay underwater for as long as possible now that fish is going to feel successful but the same way god gives us tests and different things to go through life so we ourselves learn and it's not for another person so if we always try to take someone else's position or someone else's test or you know the path of someone else we're always going to end up failing because then we're not listening to the voice of god or what he wants for our life and you know to follow and so yeah i kind of like that little representation for that so this actually brings us to our next um uh discussion question i believe this is the next one uh pride and envy oh this is just what she talks about pride and envy what is the difference between those detractors i know she talked about this in the chapter the difference between pride and envy i believe it is on page 22 and 23 it's the end of 22 and the top of 23 I know for me, pride is about me and envy is about other people. Hey, um, that's good. Yep. Yep, definitely. Yep. It basically, pride says, my part is the most important part. I stand alone, self-sufficient, self-important, arrogant, and exhausted. Or exhausted. Well, it is exhausting. Exalted. But exalted. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, envy tempts us to neglect our individual God-given roles in this world when it demeans our assignments. Envy says, I don't value my role or my part because I want you out of the way so I can have yours. What are your rivals that have detracted from your ability to embrace your identity and receive God's love? I think my uh, my rival has been trying to be perfect mm. in different aspects of my life. And going a little bit on the previous one with the unique part, I think it spoke to me on the way that I'm like, oh, but she does it better. And not hating, I'm not like bullying this person I'm not being mean but inside of me I'm like but she does it better mm-hmm. but then when I read this I'm like if I'm unique that means whatever I do over here no matter how how many other ones try it it will not be as good as mine so that helped me not in a bad way or arrogant or in any way but it helped me to see like okay even though you wasn't good on that one you could try this one and you were going to be good because that's what he wants. So then it did um, also help me with thinking, I'm like, okay, you have been fighting with yourself because you're not perfect on this. 
why don't you just let God show you where you can be perfect? Wow. On what you can be perfect. And I'm not saying be better than you or look better than the other one or because she wore this dress. Now it's going to look perfect. I'm not that not that way. Maybe be perfect on my way of expressing myself mm -hmm. on a situation that he wants to use me for. Wow. Like you just said, you're the only one who could talk to this person because you're the one who has lived your life and been with your mind and all that. Mm -hmm. So I will be perfect on that part. Right. So it's not a competition with my, I, instead of seeing it as a rival, I'll see it as a, as like a positive thing to me. Okay. I'm going to be perfect on this because this is what he wants me to be perfect in right. because it makes me unique. I feel like sometimes with me not loving myself, I feel like I shut the whole world out too. Like, no, mm. if I don't even, you know, like I don't accept either. Sometimes like, oh, I don't, I highly doubt God loves me that much. Yeah. You know, or I think when you do something that you feel like you've sinned or you failed him, you're like, oh, definitely, you know, he's right. not. Because I'm very hard on myself, but I feel like sometimes it's because I'm comparing my own love to like his love. And I know that's not the case at all. Right. So for me, it's just self-love, self-appreciation, you know, appreciation, um, self-worth and value, like... Like, I know Jemaya was saying, like, I know she was comparing herself, you know, like, comparing herself to other, like, they could do it better, but she does it in a unique way. Yeah. And I feel it's the same when it comes to that particular area. Right. I know for me, and reading this book, I'm excited to, to go through it, was because I, um, and I, I think I can speak frankly, I, um, I lost the fight. You know, it's like I got to, I have gotten to the place where I can't even answer the question of what is that rival because I, where I used to be the fighter, I was the, the, the one that would, um, you know, fight for mm. my position with God and, and my, you know, knowing that God loved me. I got to the place where it's like, you know what? It's okay you know, you don't have to worry about me. I know you love me. So you can spend that time and energy on young, you know, younger people, you people who, who are going to go far farther than me. I got tired, you know? And so I'm excited about this book because I think it's going to refresh what God wants in me. And that is that I am uniquely loved by him and I don't have rivals and maybe spark that excitement again for yeah. the things that he has called me to be to get to know me because I did I got tired mm -hmm. and I didn't want to fight those rivals and you know yeah yeah I know for me um I have two specific rivals it's always comparison which is normal um, but insecurity kind of goes under the same name of comparison. It's because of my insecurity. Um, but I realized that I am a natural copy and paster. Um, and this was something that I struggled with a lot before. And now that obviously now that I've grown up, I've learned how to make things my own. You know how when you're in college, you read, uh, you do the research and you have to put it in your own words so you're not plagiarizing. And I learned through college how to apply that to my life so that I'm not just 
copying and pasting, but a lot of my, even my humor growing up and things that I thought were funny, and I still do it now. I'll watch something like a movie, and when I think something's funny, I'll repeat it out loud. Like he said, oh, um, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'll just repeat <laughs> it, you know? And yeah. I'm just a natural, like, copy and paster. And um, I also love fashion. Um, but I place a lot of importance on fashion. Um, so instead of it being an outlet of expression of who Brina is, it was a bondage of fear. It was the fear of abandonment and rejection. I believe that if I did not uh, stay trendy or fit the body image, then I would not be liked or accepted. And mm. that's that's my rival is even uh, gaining weight and realizing that I have a disorder that makes me gain weight really fast. And even just uh, uh, eating certain things and drinking certain things, uh, my body doesn't process them. So I gain weight really quickly and I can lose it pretty quickly. Um, but just over the years developing uh, this um, disorder, I, it's very hard for me to get myself to lose that weight. And so that was really discouraging knowing that I could never fit the ideal body image. And that made me go into a whole roller coaster of other issues. Mm. And it was because I'm constantly comparing myself to the two celebrities and to uh what people think is awesome who has the most likes on instagram why can't i look like them and um just not seeing the value in myself do you find it hard to describe yourself outside of what you do or have or are associated with and why is that is the, the next question i'd like to ask so do you find it hard to describe yourself outside of what you do or what you have or who you're associated with? I think in today's era, there's an identity crisis and stemming from, you know, all the comparisons, yeah. the, you know, all these things that we have to live up to, to be considered successful, to be considered mm -hmm. beautiful, to, you know, just to be considered a good mom, a good family person. And it's because I think there's so much stuff put on display nowadays that, mm. you know, and as humans, we're curious. We want to see, you know, how our loved ones are doing, how our friends are doing, and we love to see how they're doing. But also that can be dangerous because if we're seeing somebody else's life and we say, oh, wow, they have the perfect life, they have it all, all together, right? right? But then you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Exactly. Okay? And sometimes the people that may have what the world describes as less monetarily might be the most, the happiest people. Yeah. So we live in a world full of lies. We really do. Yeah. And mm -hmm. a lot of this, a lot of these distractors just blind us to what right. is true and what is really meaningful. Me personally, I just have to learn how to appreciate what I've been given. I think there there's God has blessed me and my family and I just have to stop and kind of appreciate the little things in life that yeah. I take for granted on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, you know, my sisters, my, my child, my husband, my health, my church, you yeah. guys, all that is a blessing. And I think that the world puts all these distractors and, you know, it's like a, like work driven, all these other things where we just have to appreciate the little things. Yeah. And I think that God wants us to put that in focus more. I completely 
agree with you. I was listening uh, to a preaching of, um, oh my God, I forgot her name. She's awesome. Um, but literally she, every morning before anything, she like writes three things she's grateful for. And she literally has it like in front of her, like either she's in the bathroom, the kitchen, and she's constantly thinking because sometimes there's so much bad in the world. There's so much negativity that then we, our, our focus goes straight to that or um, things that we have to get done. And then we kind of forget to be grateful. And then that's when we start like who, like, you know, we start questioning ourselves, like, who am I? Why am I even doing this for this and that? And literally yeah. the other day, I put the thing to the book in the shower because moms, you know, <laughs> you barely have time to do anything. So I literally, you know, I was taking a shower, I had the audio book, like playing. And then when chapter one was done, I was literally asking myself that question. I'm like, who am I? Like, I'm like, okay, I'm a, you know, I'm a first lady, but like, who really am I, what is it that I, I enjoy or what, what makes me happy or, you know, what am I good for? And, you know, I start asking myself all these questions and I'm like, what are my values? And I'm like, you know what? I need to take time to literally sit down with a paper and pencil and say, okay, this is Stephanie and yeah. just write, you know, who I, I am. And those include a lot of those promises God has given you of who you are. Yeah. Sometimes and to get so involved with everything around that we get lost and we forget who we are and we're not going to find ourselves until we find Christ as well. You know, until we have intimacy with him, we kind of, we get to know like, okay, this is me. Yeah. On page 26, she challenges us and she says, who are you? And kind of, um, I don't know if any of you had written it down or done anything with that, but she says, you don't have to look at what you've done or even what you've been through. Don't describe yourself by what you do. You won't need to reference your relational status, single, divorced, married, dating. This isn't a Facebook status update. This isn't for me or even for them. I want you to know who you are. Before we go in a f any further, pick up a pen, close your eyes, and ask your creator to whisper his unique designations over you. Don't be afraid that you are making up words of love and value. These words are really how he sees you. Be still a moment and know. I challenge you to write down three words or phrases that he whispers over you. When you have finished this exercise, look at the words you heard when you were able to push aside everyone else's definitions of you and hear what God was whispering over your life. Are you even a little surprised with your list? Has it been a while since you considered this perspective on yourself? And uh, I think I'll, I'll read just this last thing. She says, I want to assure you that God will never speak something that is contrary to his word. The Holy Spirit animates what God's word outlines. I think on me is I'm a really positive person. Yeah. And that is something that at, at one point of my life, I was mad at myself for it because a lot of people didn't know how to receive that. Wow. Like for example, in my job, there's a lot of negative people around me. And there was a person who one time told me in my face, I don't like you because you're too positive. You're wow. too nice. And it, it, it did hurt me at one point but God is so good that at that same moment, I, I could say that it was the Holy Spirit that yeah. said, but I want you like that. I made you like that. Wow. And it's because you could tell me, oh, I got late. I came late to work. I might get in trouble because I had a flat tire. 
and then and you go and I'm like, okay, but you're here. You didn't have an accident. Was it? It could be worse. And that's the wow. type of person I am. I have always been like that. So that's something that when I read this and I started, that was the first thing that came up. Came up. The other thing is what you were just talking. I'm really emotional. And uh, what my husband said in the Valentine's Day thing, I not I I dare to say it now because he said it. But when I say I'm your friend, I'm your friend. Yeah. And it's one thing he told me one time, and I say, like, if somebody hurt you, tell me I'm going to go hurt that person. Just for you to know, <laughs> I'm that type of friend. Yes. And I'm the type of friend that I, I will love you with all my heart, and I will tell you what you don't want to hear, but I'll say it with so much love that you will be okay. You won't get mad at me. Yeah. So that's, I'm really emotional. And you could, even before you start crying, if you're done, I'm already crying. So I'm really emotional. And another thing that God brought to my head, it was that I am loved. And that's something that I fought a lot because of some few years ago, I went through a lot of stuff. And all of a sudden, I come into this family, which is my husband's family. And now I can say that I know that God loves me because of the way they are with me. So that was one of the first things that, that um, that came to my mind. I am positive. I'm emotional, but I am also loved. Wow. So, um, I think that, um, I will definitely finish the whole book before cause I'm so <laughs> into it because it's helping me find myself again. Yeah. It's helping me know that I don't have to keep fighting the big rival who it was me. Wow. I'm my big rival. So, yeah, I'm excited. Wow. Well, that was the last discussion question. Um, I think this chapter just, obviously, we have nine more chapters to go. But just this first one really helped us understand the unique love that God has for us. But also just defining, like kind of setting the stage, defining what, rivalry really is and helping us to understand that sometimes it's not other people and we i mean two of you just said it but it's not other people that we're competing with it's ourselves that we're competing with it's ourselves that we're sacrificing for something that that's not even worth it at the end because we're losing ourselves to it um so I'm excited. The chap chapter two talks about our unrivaled God. Um, so for those of you who have not read the first chapter, that is totally fine. And we will um, still be going over chapter two next week. Um, but if you're listening to this as a podcast, then definitely we encourage you to go through and answer the questions for yourself and to seek God and do this challenge to hear what he whispers over you. Oh, yes. I wanted I wanted to share something. I'm very grateful that for this group and that we're able to kind of build this sisterhood. You know, as I'm hearing you ladies speak, I see myself in a lot of you. And even though I might not say, oh, yeah, I, am, I can totally relate to that. I can relate to a lot of stuff, <laughs> you know, and sometimes as women, we are like you, like many of us said, we're hard on ourselves. We think, oh, my goodness, am I the only one with all these imperfections? But I'm just glad that we kind of, we can have, kind of serve as vessels for one another. Yeah. And just, you know, know that we, we can just 
keep building and keep learning from one another. Cause like, even when, when you, we asked, I know we're wrapping it up, but <laughs> even when we were discussing, um, about God's love for us, I know your Myra said, Oh, you know, my husband's family, that was the way God showed me love through my husband's family. I'm like, wow, that's something that I can totally connect with too, you oh. know? So I think that God has a strong purpose for this group. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just grateful for each of you, and I'm grateful for you, Brina, for leading us, for being our fearless leader. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you, and thank you so much um, just for being so supportive and not saying, like, oh, well, it's Brina who's leading, so eh, we'll skip it this time. Like, it means a lot to me mm-hmm. that you still, you know, got the books and you read the books and you came to this meeting. And even those of you listening to the podcast, I'm not mad at you, but you should come next week. No, um, <laughs> but I really, it, it blew me away when you guys signed up for this. And I think it has to do with, you know, not knowing really who we are not really knowing who i am and um it it really took me by surprise um that all of you were so supportive and uh so welcoming and accepting of me and (laughs) i um i really do care about you guys and um even though we haven't really had time we don't go out to eat together we don't talk a lot we don't really uh we didn't have time really to get to know each other um, but I believe that God really has given me a love for you guys, and I care about where he's leading you, and I care that you are equipped to be a leader of your own small groups, your own, you know, Bible studies at your house. I really believe that um, through these books that God is going to do that uh, through each and every one of you, that he is going to reveal first and foremost who you are. And then he's going to start showing you who he is and what he can do. And uh, then we'll be able to live really without limits. And we'll be able to lead our own groups. And um, I really, I think that obviously this book club is going to be awesome. But I think this is just a stepping stone for women's ministry in general. I don't think that this is going to end with a book club. I think we're going to be able to... um, be leaders of our own ministries and be able to uh, use this as a stepping stool to find what God is telling us to do uh, so that we can empower other women. Um, So with that, I will go ahead and pray and end this. It's almost 830. We did get started late. Um, So in the future, I will try to start around 705. um, And then whoever comes in after that, will just, you know, kind of recap a little bit before we continue. Um, So I will pray now. God, we thank you so much. Thank you, God, for speaking. Thank you, God, for Lisa Bevere for writing this book and the words that you've spoken through her. And Lord, I just ask that we would be able to see you in every chapter. God, that we would be able to really grasp what you want us to grasp from this book Thank you so much for each woman at the sound of my voice. God, I pray that you would bless them and their families and their friends, Lord, that you would hear their prayers. God, and I ask that you would show us who you are, who you say we are. God, that we would be able to live confident in your love, confident in the way that you created us. 
I pray that you would help us to find our hobbies again, that you would help us to find what we love again, that you would bring us close to your heart, God, and that you would bring us close to our own hearts, that you would help us to pull out that young child that we put away for everybody else, that you would help us to learn how to love ourselves, to love you, and to love other people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. These episodes are recorded directly from live discussions, and we would love to see you there. You can always visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com for any information you might need. And remember, the world needs you, woman of letters.